bro, every game could be your last one. Just, you like, just have fun. Mm-hmm. Do leave everything on the field. Imagine that's your last game. Imagine <laughs> you just, you can't play football after this game. So I think being injured like gave me way more strength on the field and like removed all my my fears. I think talent. Is what happens between five years old and eight years old. When you're a kid, when you mm-hmm. play in the street, in the school, the the kid that has played the most there will be the most talented. So, in other words, you don't believe in talent. You believe that talent is a product of hard work. Yeah. I think a kid that has played from five years old to eight years old and has played every day with his friend... People may may not see it as work, but if you're playing in school every day, of course you're gonna get better. And I think that's why at ten years old you see people saying that guy has talent, but he has just been playing for three years. And Hello and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host Shannon Zhao, and today I am very fortunate to be joined by Sudi <laughs> Bali. Sudi, welcome to the podcast. Yes, I knew you. How you doing? Good. Good and you? <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Good and you. What do you want me to say? Uh, you only have three words in your dictionary. Good and you. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. let's jump straight into it. So, what is your why? My what why gives you purpose. My why, I think, like a lot of people, is like. Like having providing for your family, like having your family part of you, your mom, your father, your sisters, mm-hmm. giving like give back for for all they did for you. Like yeah. for example, the time, the love, or maybe even the money, all mm-hmm. they they give into you. Mm-hmm. You just want to give back and make them proud. Okay. An- another why that I have like. Not trying to not disappoint disappoint the eight years old Suli. Mm. That's eight year old Suli. Interesting. What would what would the eight year old Suli be envisioning of you right now, or what 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 would you think he would think of you right now? Right now, at the moment, exact moment. I think for now he'll be disappointed for sure. But Why? You, you haven't li- lived up to your dream. Hmm. Well, m- maybe maybe you can say that, but yeah, for like, yeah, the eight years old Sui would not like. He 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 would thought to be somewhere else maybe, mm. but I'm I'm trying to. What to what, make, so make what do you want to what do you want to do? What's your dream? My dream. Yeah. I don't really. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I think you have a sense though, because you say it's a lot about soccer. Because you—that's almost your whole. Yeah, life. of course. Like the eight years old Sui is like, like a lot of kids playing soccer. He wants to play professional, be like the next me- Messi, next yeah. Messi, and everything. But you think you, realistically, it's kind of challenging. Is that what you think? Yeah, not just challenging, but it's when you grow up, you just realize that. There's other things to do, and you can like you can make the eight years old Suli proud mm-hmm. with other ways. Maybe mm. like maybe maybe like staying in touch with soccer, maybe coaching or whatever. But yeah, 
you can ma- make him proud in another way. Interesting. So let's uh, talk a little bit about Moroccan soccer because that's <laughs> uh, you're from Morocco and uh, Morocco has done insanely good this <laughs> year in the World Cup. I, I mean, I was I was watching the game with you. Um, <laughs> won the World, um, who are you playing? I I didn't watch the Portugal game with you, but I saw. <laughs> no, no, we. Oh yeah, we watched we watched the Morocco lose to France. Yeah, for for me the most crazy game was the Spain one. Like the Spain one. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't breathe the whole game. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> and then you had to play Portugal. Yeah. And then you beat Portugal. That I was insane. Too. I feel like Portugal was less stressed than Spain. Spain like. I couldn't breathe the whole game. <laughs> they were they were a good team. Portugal, really we scored like very er- early in the game, and yeah, I think Spain was way harder. Yeah, yeah. In Portugal, you sort of held out, held out the team and everything. So, why is Morocco so good at soccer? I think in Morocco, like if you go s- uh, one day, come with me one day. <laughs> yes, sir. You see, like in the street, in the beach, everywhere, like everyone's playing soccer everywhere. Like a lot of people, whether it be in Morocco or France, they they say that Moroccan and Brazilian are cousins. Like mm. we we see the 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 football the same way, the soccer the mm. same way. We play everywhere. It's like pure football. It's like love. Yeah, it's love football. <laughs> yeah, no, because there's a saying that was really famous in China. Because you know I'm Chinese and watch soccer. I got this Chinese platform. There's this really famous commentator that said. Um, Moroccan soccer is is just pure. <laughs> and he said that, and, and that went viral because because everyone's like, "Well, what the hell is Morocco, and why 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 is why 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 is Morocco so good?" And then now Morocco is like number number three or number four in the World Cup, and now everyone knows that that phrase, and everyone's talking about it. But but um, but a lot of the players in in the national team they aren't big names. Like there's the biggest name is probably Hakim Ziyech, which is not even like a star player for Chelsea or not sometimes not even a starter, you know. So it's like, why why does the team just work so good together and who are these players? I think of course like when you see Ziyech at Chelsea, he's like he has a like a lack of confidence and the coach is like, and maybe I think even the environment in Chelsea is not e- easy for him. But when you see all those players coming back together in national team, mm-hmm. you even see like videos on social media. They're they're having fun. It's like a big family, mm-hmm. like vacation. They're of course it's vacation outside of the field. They're having fun. Mm-hmm. They like playing video games, playing cards. Yeah. But as soon as like they step on the field, we see like th- they know that they have a whole country behind them, and we we all believe in them, and I think that's why like. You, you when you see a national team and when you see when you see them in the, their clubs they're like two different players mm, interesting <laughs> and a lot of these players they aren't even playing in Europe too right uh like 80 percent are playing in Europe oh really mm-hmm. but they're they aren't like playing big it was so compared for example compared to Spain yeah you know you have Half the team is like from Barcelona, and you got like Real Madrid and all these big, big names, big, big Champions League teams. And then you look at, and then I look at the Morocco roster, and I don't even know. Like I've never heard of half the players on the team. Mm. So like, why, 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 why did they work so well together? I I think like as I said, 
us Moroccans, we like love to laugh. We make jokes. We like mm. sneaky. We love to play football. Like <laughs> you give that. us a soccer ball, you, we just like start laughing and having fun. And I think mm. we see in the field they they're like having fun. Yeah, yeah. they they like the midfielder. Yeah, you know, He's doing all those fancy yeah. flicks <laughs> and everything. Doing a doing a doing a Maradona spin in their own box or something. Like that. Yeah, so they, they're having fun. They're playing in the street. Yeah. Semi-final of Champions League uh, of uh, World Cup, the same thing as playing in the street for them. So wait, how, so talk, tell us a little bit more about Morocco. So, what is the country like? Like, how many how many people live in Morocco and all that? How is it growing up there and all everything? Yeah, I, I like when I think of my childhood in Morocco, I like just like was very like was in- amazing for me. I, like. Best for for now I had the best time of my life in Morocco. I, like I remember, I just was playing soccer every day, everywhere, school. Mm. I remember just for a, one example, mm. every lunch was like everyone going to 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 eat at the dining hall, and mm. had like two or three friends. We just went into the the gym. Stole a soccer ball and went to play in the soccer field. And every like, every week we got like uh, a restriction restriction <laughs> because of that. Every week we came back to restriction just because of uh, of this soccer addiction. <laughs> soccer addiction. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well, so what? How did you first get into football? Or like, did did your parents give you a soccer ball, or just everyone just automatically just has a soccer ball and everyone plays? Is that the only sport there? Yeah, I think in in, in Morocco, like you're five, six, seven years old, you're gonna end up getting close to the ball. Like mm-hmm. from seven to ten, you're gonna touch the ball. From mm-hmm. like 10 to 12 there's a lot of people that say like i don't like it i stop playing Mm -hmm. but like at seven or eight you're gonna end up being close to the ball and playing soccer and either you fall in love with the game or maybe not even like Mm -hmm. even moroccan that don't fall in the in love with the game that much they stay close to soccer and stay in touch with it and and know like a little bit about it like if we compare like a normal American, I'm gonna say, and a normal Moroccan. Mm-hmm. The normal Moroccan's gonna know way much about soccer than a normal American. Yeah, because the thing about Morocco is, um, is it, do you have any other sports that's played there, or not really? We have like handball and other sports, but nothing compared to soccer. Yeah, exactly, because it's so dominant and yeah. so prevalent. And here in U.S., you have all kinds of yeah. sports. And then it could be like a distraction because you have athletes going into American football. You have athletes going into baseball and ice hockey and I don't even know, like so many, a basketball, <laughs> all kinds of sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I first come to the U.S. and I saw all those sports, <laughs> I was like softball, lacrosse. <laughs> I didn't know most of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you think those would be distractions, and those could be distractions to you, or do, how do you view view other sports? Oh, I think if if you love a, another sport, it's like it's good for you. But 
What as a soccer player, do you do you play? Do you have you ever sort of played any other sport, or it's just play like in competition? No, I I, I swim, but I swim. I, I love skiing too, but not no 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 other competition than soccer. Mm, interesting, and and speaking of Moroccan soccer, why do you think Morocco soccer is still very underrated? Like this year, no one really. Know, expected Morocco to do well. Everyone thought of them being eliminated in the group stage with Belgium and Croatia in the group. Mm, I think it's very underrated because of the capacities. We we have, if you see right now, right now it's getting way better. Mm-hmm. But if you come back 10 years ago, it was like maybe one academy, one mm-hmm. real academy. Mm-hmm. Right now, there is like two, three, four, four, they're all coming up. There is a I don't know if you know um, Academy Mohammed uh, Five, uh, Mohammed Six. Mm-mm. So there's like a lot of uh, a lot of players coming from there. Unahi, I don't know if you know him. For, uh, he's n- number eight from Morocco. Mm. Aguerd from West Ham. Mm. They produce a lot of players from from Morocco, and they they take them to to Europe. So mm. the the future is very interesting. The future, yeah, and I think I mean. If if so many people play soccer there, I think you guys should definitely set up more academies. Like if you look at Germany or England, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like an academy every by the doorstep. Everything. Yeah, it's, it has just started like the last ten years. They're starting to to give more importance to the formation and to soccer. So, do you think soccer would be in Morocco would be much better later, like next World Cup? Yeah. Like just like for example in social media, I see like the the the, the U U eighteen U nineteen Moroccan players. Mm-hmm. I'm like, in five years it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Really, wait. Mm, interesting. Do because these players do they train properly? Do they, like uh, except for the one academy or the two three four academies. What? Are, how do other players get better just by playing on the streets, or no, no, you, no. are there also like a bunch of clubs and? There's a bunch of clubs, but it's not, it's not very serious. It's like there's like in the whole country is like five, six academies, mm-hmm. and you gotta go through them to be a, a big player. If you don't do you, go do through, do you this have like a league, Moroccan soccer yeah. league? Mm-hmm. Do people go from academies to the league? Or mm-hmm. oh, now that makes kind of makes sense. But but that's weird though. Like if if you have say twenty teams competing in the mm-hmm. league, why do, why does every team have an academy by itself? Because I, I think it costs money, and yeah, most of American like can't afford. Can't afford, and they just they don't see the opportunity I, I think so what's it like what's it like in Morocco you know what's the si- what's the culture what's the situation like how's life there like it's really there's like a big difference between the rich and the, and the poor of course mm. and but I think we're, we're going up a little bit since the since a couple of years mm. When, like, for example, I I came back in December. Mm. I saw a lot of difference in the, in the country because I didn't go for, like, the past two years. Mm. 
So when I came back in December, I was like, there, there is some change. So I think the, the future is getting better for, for Morocco. <laughs> for Morocco? Yeah, that's good. I mean, and, and for soccer too. And So how is uh, Morocco like during the World Cup? The country like? Oh, <laughs> that was insane. I, I wish I was there. I was like seeing the snaps of my friends the, <laughs> on social media. It was Everyone was in the streets, crazy. I, we felt like the whole nation was united, <laughs> like a, a mi- millions of people in the streets. Like we see that. I don't know if anything can do that other than soccer. Like Really? Do you think so? I mean, like the whole country united, <laughs> crying, screaming, hugging each other <laughs> <laughs> because the uh, Hakimi scored his penalty. That was crazy. <laughs> and then did the celebration. <laughs> the, the, nah. And, and the, the, the way he scored that, though, nah. straight down the middle. <laughs> Scuffed Paneka. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine if he failed the Paneka. <laughs> Yeah. What would, what would happen? <laughs> he would just not not be able to return to Morocco. Yeah, that would be a disaster. <laughs> How many people live in Morocco, by the way? I think it's around thirty-five millions. Thirty-five million. So that's mm-hmm. a, that's so a decent amount. Like, how many how many cities do you have? Do you, do you, do you live I'm in the city, right? Or yeah, big city capital or no? It's just a big city. The capital is Rabat. I hear, I live like one hour from the, from Rabat. Is uh, how how developed is the country as of now? As I mean, you did mention it's very it's growing and everything, mm-hmm. but what's the current status like? You know, like compared to what you see in New York City or Boston. Or no, it's still it still has a lot of. It's like we we're not that close to New York City or Boston, but. When you see cities like Casablanca or Tangier or Marrakech, mm. they, we see that they're bu- building the, the cities and everything is getting better. Mm, definitely. That's good. It's good to hear that Morocco's on the rise. How how much do you think uh, passion is, is important to getting better at soccer? Because you, you always play with like a passion in your heart, right? You, you, pla- you play and you're like... Just having fun out there. How, but a lot of people here are like sort of playing for the sake of you know getting the college or all that. So how much do you think passion is important? I I I really don't understand like people playing without passion. Like mm. even more with so I grew up with that. I, I can't I can't talk with for people that don't play with passion. But mm. just like you're on the field, you want to you play you. You should like. You, you forget everything and just have. You're just having fun, and for me, it's the the best time in the day. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And uh, but why are you, why aren't you playing right now? This last mm. days, and <laughs> as I said, so, so and even my my father has always said this to me: soccer is not something stable. You cannot count only on soccer. One day you you're the best, the other you get injured, the other day you you're not that good. Mm. So it's very unstable. And right now uh, I'm I'm working on my body. Like I I yeah I'm off, I'm very often struggling with my body, but 
I'm I'm trying my best <laughs> to get back to the field. Like for example, right now I can like play around with you, play pickup games, but I know that every time I play, for example, my shins are are, are gonna are gonna Her. tell me to to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather like for now, there's just no, there's there's nothing nothing really going on. I'd rather work on my body and be be ready for spring season. Be ready for spring. Do you set goals, or you don't? You just play for play for fun. What do you mean by setting goals? Do you set goals for your soccer? Anything? For example, like at the beginning of season, I want to get ten uh, assists or something like that. Yeah, sure. Or also, just what do you want to accomplish? Like, do you want to play Division Three next year? Do you play Division One next year? Like, goals. No, I just want to play. Do my best, and uh, as my father, uh, my mom said, "What's meant to happen will happen. Just try your best, and we will see." Inshallah. <laughs> Interesting. That's that's a very uh, distinct approach, or or different approach, I would say, to sort of the the American way in some sense. I don't know if you understand me, mm-hmm. but. Um, like here, we um, people value a lot of hard work and sort of uh, setting goals and targets and going one step at a time. But your what what your source saying is uh, you just you're passionate and Morocco is passionate at soccer and that's sort of how Morocco got good at soccer. You think I, that's I, the situation? That's a difference. Yeah, of course, there's passion on the side, but there's like an enormous amount of hard work like maybe you think soccer or Moroccans or Brazilians are just talented and they're good at soccer like that but I think all of them ha- they all have like worked their, their ass off to, mm. to be at that level it's like the thing that pisses me off the most when you hear like oh Ronaldo is a hard work and Messi is just talent that's, that's so bullshit <laughs> of course, Messi has worked hours and hours to to be the best player. Yeah, of course. Do you still believe in the talent idea, though? Do you think talent is real, or do you think talent is? I think real? talent is real. I think talent mm. is what happens between five years old and eight years old. When you're a kid, when you mm. play in the street in the school, the the kid that has played the most there will be the most talented. So, in other words, you don't believe in talent. You believe that talent is a product of hard work. Yeah. I think a kid that has played from five years old to eight years old and has played every day with his friend, people may, may not see it as work, but if you're playing in school every day, of course you're going to get better. And I think that's why at 10 years old you see... People think that guy has talent, but he has just been playing for three years. And yeah, and the, and the point about Messi. Messi grew up by playing so much yeah. soccer. Yeah, I think that's but why people say, oh, he's talented, but he's just born with the, the ball. But why, 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 does, why is a Messi so rare? Like if, but it, because a lot of kids start and play young, and a lot of kids play a lot of hours. Why is mess? Why is a Messi so rare? You know what I'm saying. 
to get get like someone like Messi. Yeah, I think there's like consistency. There's like because every other season you see like one one player, oh he's the next Messi. Oh he can do that. After there's like of course there's like the mentality, the consistency, the hard work, and in soccer there's also a, a little bit of of luck. You you get injured, you get. So I'm not gonna say Messi had luck. He he deserves everything he had, but I think he he had he had the right mindset and he did everything right. So you think so you think um, once you sort of have the mindset, luck will sort of come to you. Is that what you think? No, no, never. Because you never know what's gonna happen. Maybe. Mm. Tomorrow Messi gets injured and doesn't play anymore. I hope <laughs> that doesn't happen for the the good of the sport. But yeah, you, you never know if you, ha- you you if you want to be the best, you need to have the perfect mindset and the perfect work ethic and a, a bit of luck. Mm, definitely. Do you, do you, um, how would you? But do you have like a formula for for this? Like you said. A bit of a how much do you think luck plays a role? How much? I think a a good twenty to thirty percent. Why? Like you mean talking about luck? You you talk about like opportunities? Yeah, there's injuries. like a lot of of things going on going to to luck. For example, uh, being at the right place at the at the right time, not mm-hmm. getting injured. Scoring that goal at the right moment. Oh, mm. for example, we we saw this with a, a lot of players. There's like one recruiter that comes for a player, mm. and for just for example that match, you play the best game of your life, and the recruiter calls you, and mm. and your your whole life changes. Like s- soccer, everything goes so fast, so you never know. And after a a, a single game can can change everything. Interesting, yeah, that's that's very true. I personally feel that too. Last time I went to this camp, <coughs> um, soccer, um, football goals camp, and uh, got to meet some coaches, and got to, now I have some. Uh, I, have, I mean, my life hasn't changed yet, but it's just simply being the right place in the right time, and mm-hmm. just built some great connections, and now there are doors opening up. So mm-hmm. uh, soccer, yeah, definitely the luck aspect is too. So what do you what do you want to accomplish in soccer? Have you have you thought about that? What do I want? The f- the future. And also future of Moroccan soccer too. Like what what are goals that Moroccans have right now? Ah, after what we just yeah. saw, I think we we know that we can achieve a lot, and we know that in the next in the next I'm gonna say maybe ten years. Even the coach said it. We, we can get. We can get to the World Cup. We can get to the trophy, and it's a dream for every every American to to win the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's it's not impossible. Yeah, we every, saw what every, happened. Everything week. is possible. That's why it's the best sport in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the do you watch? Do do you do you personally watch a lot of soccer? Yeah, 
What 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 do you ever find games boring? Yeah, there's games you see zero zero. Not a lot of shots. I think even Barca this last week, not weeks, years. Mm-hmm. They they don't produce very much. You, they don't have a lot of shots. Just this, this last like months, they don't have a lot one of zero one zero yeah. one zero. You guys only conceded seven goals in La Liga. Yeah. That, that. And that's what I find a little bit boring. <laughs> you want to to be high scoring, high back and forth. Mm. So um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit as of now and talk a little bit about injury and the recovering from injury because you have dealt with injuries a lot in your career. Am I right? Yeah, like for example, just starting when my first injury was like when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. 12 years old, I was like still playing in Morocco and was my first real one. I don't know if you know, it's called Osgutschlatter. It's like for like teenagers when a growing injury. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you get injured and I think the worst in injuries is like injury, like non-contact injuries and injuries like growing injuries when you don't really understand the, the cause of it and how mm-hmm. did it happen? Why did it happen? For example, like shin splints, like Osgutschlatter, and those injuries that just you don't un- you don't really understand how why you didn't do anything, you didn't get into a tackle, into a, like no one hit you, mm-hmm. just came just like that. So mm-hmm. at first, it's very hard to understand, and and the problem with those kind of injuries is like you don't really know when when you're going to be able to play again. Like, for example, people um, ask me every day, uh, when when are you coming back, when are you coming back? But with those type of injuries, like chin splints and growing injuries, you're just like, <laughs> I wish I, I, I knew when I'm coming back and you're like a little bit lost and you don't know what to do. Then that's the worst thing, right? To, to, that, that you are not, you feel that you're not in control. Yeah, like for example, like a year ago, I had uh, a big sprain, sprain uh, ankle injury. But if I compare it to like shin splints or like injuries, like those type of injuries, mm-hmm. the the ankle injury was just not nothing big. I was out for like two three months. Mm-hmm. I did rehab and everything, but everything made sense. I I got into a tackle. The, the my ankle rolled out and. The, the ligaments were were, were out. Yeah, that made complete sense. I worked with the the physiotherapist, and then I came back. But when you see the type of injuries, like you're just going out and you didn't do anything, and you're just out of the field, that's more and even more like a twelve year old mm-hmm. teenager that just don't just want to play soccer and do what he loves the most. That, that's very hard to understand. It is definitely very hard. So what is your way of coping with these injuries? Because you've had several injuries, right? Yeah, I've had like a lot of them. I've done so much like physical therapy uh, uh, <laughs> sessions. I, like <laughs> if I, I can't count like maybe like 200, like more. It's really? crazy. Like, I spend so much time with PTs and all of that, doctors and everything. Why? Why do you think um, you've b- 
been through so many injuries? Is it the style of, of way you play, or is it just because you, you just think it's genetics? Or I feel like it could be style of play, bro. You get stuck in all the time. I saw you play, like, even last uh, Saturday, bro. You're just giving everything. You're going every single tackle. Like, <laughs> it's kind of watching you play is kind of scary sometimes, you know, <laughs> just throwing yourself out there. But I, I don't think, like, Maybe for the ankle injury, it was maybe I, I went a little bit too hard, but like every soccer player goes hard. And I think it's the opposite. If you don't go hard, then you can get easily injured. If you don't do one, really? if you don't go 100% to the challenges, or you go scared, or you go, oh, I don't want to get injured, then you go injured. If you play like you don't care and you're here to give everything and you, you don't, you don't. You're not scared to be injured. I think that's when you get less injured. Really? But mm. Yeah. To come back to to my injuries, I don't think it's it's because of the way I play, and I think yeah, it's mainly mainly genetics because of like screwing injuries. I just screw like that, and and yeah, when when you look online, like for example, my my first injury is like I grew up too fast, and my muscles were not that strong and my bones were like I, I still remember the doctor saying I had uh, a- adult bones with uh, with uh, a kid's muscles hmm. so those type of injuries is I don't think there's they have anything to do with, with uh, my playing stuff but it's just sort of how you how your body developed and it was out, it was out of your control that's yeah. really unfortunate man but yeah. <coughs> and s- I'm sorry to hear that but so what what's your what how do you deal with it then because did you sort of just accept it and just find ways to just live with it and deal with it or yeah and after like doing maybe like 50 100 150 <laughs> PT session you really start to to understand your body better and like I still remember, like, for example, my, my father, he tells me that there is not going to be any better doctor than yourself. You, you can, like, go outside. For example, for soccer, of course, I'm not talking about other mm-hmm. other things, but for sports, you can, like, look out for... I, rem- I remember for my in- knee injury, we went, like, in France, in Morocco, in the U.S. We were, we, we were with, like, 10, 15 doctors. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, yeah, we need to open your knees, put like uh, metal in your knee. We need to do that. Remove the remove the fat in your knee. Each one of them was saying different things. And at the end of the day, I think you need to step back a little bit and take time for you to think, think about what you're gonna do and hear hear a little bit of each doctor, each PTs, and try the things. Listen to them. And if you see they, it's not working, just skip it and choose what's wor- really working for you. Uh, and maybe sometimes, yeah, some doctors can can be totally wrong, and mm. and you have to 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 watch out because some of them, like I remember in Morocco, some of them told me to just come. And I'm gonna open your knee, put some uh, some <laughs> metal in it, and oh everything God. is gonna be fine. But sometimes they just like you should be very careful with them and and you should be the your number one doctor yeah you gotta be careful yeah no, you don't know nowadays you know just 
<laughs> some some shady businesses out there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary. I mean, and and I think what you brought up right there is is extremely important. It's the self awareness aspect, knowing yourself, knowing your capabilities, knowing your abilities, knowing how much you can push yourself with injuries and 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 with sports too. So you know how much effort you can give and 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 knowing when to so stop and pull out. I think most injuries happen, especially in sport like soccer, when you know athletes p- go beyond their limits go you know just play for you know they're they're like physically already done 70 minutes but they don't ask for the substitute they keep going and then boom pulls a hamstring in 80th minute and you're out for like four weeks yeah, like, it's very difficult because you're in the field and even more on the field you have the adrenaline you don't yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't feel anything you don't feel like it, yeah. my, my all my injuries like shin splints and everything i'm on the field nothing The worst is like the next morning. Next morning. Yeah, yeah, next morning you feel everything. But it's very difficult to be on the field doing what you love and and yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna like get subbed or you just wanna finish the game, whatever happens. You wanna win. Yeah, and like you're you're gonna be like, Yeah, my, my gun hurts, but I wanna finish the game and you never know, like so You never know, yeah, that's true. I mean With so with all the injuries that you had, what 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 other lessons do you sort of accumulated by sort of just sitting on the sidelines sometimes, just watching? Like because it it, it definitely does hurt, but I mean it does definitely did give you a lot of time to reflect too, right? Sort of just see, watch the game because you know being being out injured that that much, like I I don't think a lot of people have that experience. Like, what do you think this has taught you and shaped you in ways? I think if I compare myself like before injuries and after injuries, uh-huh. like before injuries, I used to play a lot, a lot less harder. Like really, yeah, I was like not scared of the ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like more. I'm just here to have fun or everything. Mm-hmm. And after all this time, like out of the field and on the sidelines, I'm like, bro, every game could be your last one. Just. Like just have fun, mm-hmm. do leave everything on the field. Imagine that's your last game. Imagine <laughs> you s- you can't play football after this game. So I think being injured like gave me way more strength on the field and like removed all my my fears and mm. and I think because of my injuries I became a little bit more aggressive on the field, <laughs> more, more hungry. Like <laughs> when sometimes when you see people like. Just walking, just playing like they don't want to play. You'd be like, bro, <laughs> I was injured for like six months. I, I wish like I didn't I touch the phone. And they, they're like on the field. They, they're just walking. They're not they're just like doing nothing. You're like, bro, I, I just want to. <laughs> I just want to go back. Yeah. Just go and play. That's crazy. I definitely, dude, I definitely feel you, man. I feel, feel this every, every moment. Yeah, because... I mean, for me, I don't think I've been through the injury experience, but I've definitely, you know, sat on the sidelines for quite a while too. And dude, that feeling of just, you know, sitting on the sideline and you can't really have an impact of the game. And you're watching... Your feet is burning, yeah. And you're watching the team 
like not perform not performing so well and you feel like you can make an impact but then you can't i just want to step on the field <laughs> just like go in get a good tackle just <laughs> give me a red card and then I'll come out <laughs> red card <laughs> I, I don't, I I don't know for real. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I have a good reason to sit there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I mean, you could do what Mourinho did. You know, you know, have you seen that video? Which the guy was running, running across, and he went and ran in the field. Uh, it yeah, was a charity match, but <laughs> he ran it. <laughs> Red card. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I'm back. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I feel you, man. It's it definitely sucks as an athlete to to be stripped away from from the, your favorite thing. And what do you do when you are injured? Like, what, what what do you do to maintain your high performance? To maintain your athleticism? And I mean, obviously with PT, but do you also do other things? Yeah, for example, time? like shin sprints when the pain is too too high. I I love swimming. Swimming mm -hmm. helps me a lot. I do like. Intervals, training, swimming, so mm -hmm. to keep the cardio up. Mm -hmm. And it depends on your injury. I think whatever you have, you can always find a way to, to do some cardio, to swim, to bike, to do some elliptical. Mm -hmm. There's like really, you don't have any excuses. Not because, like for real, it's not because your ankle is broken that you can do any cardio. Mm -hmm. And that's very well said i think a lot of people find a lot of excuses yeah like people are like oh shoot uh, my my uh my uh my my right ankle is uh, hurting so uh, yeah, you know what i'm just not like, gonna start i'm gonna stop practice and just and sit and watch television just to add to that i think one big mistake that people do when they get injured mm -hmm. is that they they've in, instead of focusing on more cardio and and getting in better shape they they lift a lot of weights and get way way much uh, heavier. Mm. I think that's a mistake I did for my, my ankle injury. I I, I won like ten kilos. I was like so much bigger. <laughs> and I think it's also a part of my a reason of my machine splints. Like for like on three three months after my injury, I gained ten kilos and got way heavier and. My, my shins did not like it. <laughs> did not like it. Yeah, you should watch out with your with your uh, weight when you get injured. That's actually so true. Cause yeah, a lot of people when they're injured, they just hit the gym. Yeah, I think, I think like they're being productive. Yeah, they think they they're doing a good thing, but I don't think that their body's gonna like it when they're gonna come back on on the field. That's true because. Your body's not used to it, and, and especially your legs. I, I mean, especially for a sport like soccer. If, yeah, if like it's like a different sport, then it's a different conversation. Yeah, and especially when you come back from an injury, your sport, your your body is already, already a little bit weak. It's not yeah. that strong. Yeah. So especially very, like a leg injury too. Yeah. Can can lead to another problem again. Huh. Do you think that's that sort of that's that's actually very interesting. I've I've not thought about that specifically. That's a good aspect. But dude, I mean, speaking of like going to two hundred PTs, did you all? It was it all back home or is it here? No, and and what do you think the difference between the treatment like here back home and all, all of that is? I did like so much. I think I saw like twenty different physical therapists like here in the US, in Miami, in Morocco. In France too, 
France, wow. Yeah, in France too. So everywhere. Yeah, a little bit everywhere. I think I've met like incredible PTs that helped me a lot. They gave me like advice that I will never forget that will follow my whole life. Like, like what? Like some stretching exercises, some strengthening exercises. They they taught me a lot of my on on my body and what to do, what to not do and I think I, I've learned I've learned so much about my body with all those those mm. sessions. I mean what do you think the main difference between these different um PTs are? Do you think there is or do you think it just really depends on the person? I think there is there is a big one. What? The main one I think is f- between all the PTs I had there's like I, I remember the one that that cared about me and mm-hmm. really like well feeling bad about me and really wanted me to come back to the field and to get better. Mm-hmm. And I felt, you feel it when a PT is like behind you and encouraging you and giving you str- strength to overcome the injury. And when a PT is more like, yeah, I'm going to give you this, 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 you go on the side and do it, you roll, and then you get out and you give me 20 bucks and <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> see you soon. You, you feel the, the energy and and when you work with the type of PT that helps you and that gives you the strength and is behind you and believes in you, it's totally different. Like you get even like for the, for the mental health, mm-hmm. it's way way different. Mental health. What what do you mean by mental health? Can you expand on that point? Because when when you're injured, like you you're already on the in the bottom, you don't know what to do. You a little bit lost. You lost the the thing you love the most. Mm-hmm. And then you start physical therapy, and your 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 therapist is gonna be your your best friend for the next like two three months. So if you have a therapist that's behind you and giving you strength and giving you the, the power to overcome the the challenges, it's gonna change everything, I think. And but when you have a physical therapy yeah, that's, that's just that's like you are one of his. 20 clients and he's just like yeah, yeah do this on the side and uh, they don't really like feel it you know they, they're not like behind you and they're not seeing emotionally it. there yeah. i think emotion is actually like you said that's actually so important yeah for an injured player especially because yeah. injuries they i think the biggest impact that it has on players is is not not the physical aspect because you can sort of oh, grow back into it. You can sort of work your way back into it, but it's the mental trauma or the mental sort of toll that it took. And you know, maybe after many injuries, they mentally they gave up, and then you see players that sort of fall off. They st- fall off because of starting from injuries, like Deli Ali. Do, mm. do you know? Yeah, I know. Like Deli Ali, these kind of examples, just and um, what's his name? Guy who keeps getting, I'm glad that Usman Dembele is getting back. I'm glad, um, turned around. But you saw him sort of falling off. Yeah, we have a lot of players like that, like yeah. Eden Hazard, and, uh, Gareth Bale. Yeah, 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 Gareth Bale. Yeah, injuries. Uh, it, it sucks, but, destroy, but it's yeah, like you see players like do get injured and come back even stronger. Like, um, what like Erling Haaland, for example, he was, or, or Ibrahimovic, he should be the best, the god, god-tier example of <laughs> injury recovery. Like, he's out a lot of times, but when he comes back, bro, he's just like, I'm on it, I'm here. 
he was what forty two and still playing soccer. Like it's yeah. just because mentally he's undefeatable, and I think that's that's what you mentioned earlier about about the mental aspect is, is I think that's actually like very important to have a physical therapist that actually like not only works your your physical aspect but also works your mental aspect and make sure yeah. that you are in a good place to come back and play soccer. Do you think physical therapists should actually like also take some psychology classes and be like counselors <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> I think you don't you don't even need to put that that much effort like I think just like a be being like behind him, telling that just some easy easy sentences like you can do it, you're gonna come back, I believe in you. Mm. That's that's very that's enough. That's powerful. Yeah. These small things are powerful. You don't need any psychology classes or anything. <laughs> Just be a good person, actually care for another person. Yeah. That's that's Yeah, for example I had some PTs that had like twenty clients. There was like you you come to the session. He has like four five clients at the same time. He's like with him, 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 him. Up, up. You're on the side. He he doesn't have the time for you. He doesn't like. Mm. You, and at, at the end of the day, you realize that those type of pitches see see you more as a as a as money than than something else. It's product, yeah. It's money as as it's commercial, as business. Yeah, it's see you as see you, see you as dollar signs. They don't see you as. Yeah, yeah. It's very sad when when you're just thirteen years old and yeah, <laughs> and you just want to play soccer and you end up there. So yeah, that actually sucks. I think that's sort of perfect. Um, today we talked about Moroccan soccer. We talked a little bit about you know just talents and your views on soccer, and we shift gears to talk about injuries. And I sort of want to shift to the sort of final section mm-hmm. that I want to throw at you. Which is like some final final few questions at you. So the first question is a big question. So what are some non negotiables for a high performance? For living a life of of playing like what are some non negotiables that you set for yourself and you set for your teammates in sports? I think the basics are like eating well, three mm-hmm. meals a day, sleeping well. Think to, for example, to have a, a great game, some visual visualization before the game the mm-hmm. night before, it's perfect. And on the field, just like give everything. Like don't be, don't care about that. What happened yesterday with your girlfriend or <laughs> your classes or, yeah, just. Go. When you're there, you're there. Yeah, just like be present. Give everything. Mm-hmm. When you do a mistake. That happens to everyone, Messi, Ronaldo. Just give everything. Mm-hmm. Be focused, get ready. And I think that's it. Get back up. Keep playing. Yeah. What are some values that you have for your everyday life? Some values for my everyday life? Yeah, that you maintain. I or think mm-hmm. be, be, being consistent is a very, a very important one. Mm-hmm. And... When you when you mean by consistent, what do you mean, like routine wise or yeah, have your routine and something I I'm not gonna say I hate, but I'm just like oh, it's like the people that have like motivation one day and gonna be like yeah I start a diet tomorrow and then you know just like 
Yeah, we heard that a lot times, bro. Just just do it. Not even do it. Just, just just change everything. Be consistent. Doing every do it every day. Like we don't care about one day, one month. It's about more than that. There's a quote that I really liked. Um, parrots do a lot of talking and they can't fly high. Eagles say say silent and they can touch the sky. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> But it's uh, but it's interesting to think about. It's just um, you know, some people do a lot of talking, but not a lot of doing. But once you start doing, like I used to be like that. I'm not gonna lie. I used to you know just do a little bit and think I'm doing a lot. I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing a lot, man. I'm disciplined. I'm such a good person, you know. Like oh, I'm, I'm number one. Why am I not? You know, like I'd be complaining a lot of times because I'd be like, yo, I deserve this. But like once I really start just doing, you know, just just. Actually, going out in the morning every single day, like actually now, I just, I just, I, I feel there's no need to even talk about it. Like before, when once when I started, I was like, oh, I hit the morning gym. Oh, let's go, let's go. Now I'm just like, bro, that's normal. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. Like it's just, it's just the daily, daily things, daily routines, a daily process that builds up. You know. Yeah, I think it's like uh, when you get pissed at me, at me because I said good in you and not, not say one. I'm feeling bad or whatever. That's the process. That's <laughs> part of it. Like <laughs> you think good at you is part of the process. <laughs> like even if you if you feel bad and you're not having a good day, like everyone has its own problem and just stop sharing everything to everyone, to anyone, mm. to like people who just don't care. Just do your thing and <laughs> shut um, up. that's true. I mean not not everyone though. Yeah, like like most, with most your friends. Of, and the people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like even most friends too, like you know, it it kind of sucks to know that, but it's just like a lot of people they they focus on their own things, but but it's like but there are still people that do care, like your family, yeah, like family. your closest friends, like you know, just just that's that's uh that's a value. So on to the next question: What do you define as your meaning of life? What gives you purpose? What is your why? Yeah, I think my my why is just giving my best every day, trying to not disappoint the six year old Sully. Yeah, trying to back to the little Sully. To 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 make him a little bit proud and just giving every giving everything every day. Try to to get my parents proud, my mom, my dad, and to hear the journeys that you've dealt with with your injuries. That's gotta say really well done to sort of overcome all that and, and be here no yeah yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> last question for you as a senior as um you know 19 what would you say what would i say to yeah what would like your last advice be to a young no like a young suli or like a just a young person in general younger person in general or maybe just Advice to anyone, really? I think just give everything and do do everything in what you love. Just try to not limit yourself. And when you hear like someone say some saying something about you, just saying like a coach or your your girlfriend or your mother says even your mother. 
try to have your own your own thinking and being being uh, being you. Yeah, and authentic. Tr- trying to criticize yourself and having a a good opinion about yourself and the most important of opinion is not other people but just yours that is so true that is the perfect way <laughs> to sort of end this podcast uh, to, to, to to just yeah let the last sentence sink in the only person only value the only I, I don't person. think I don't know if you if you've seen this TikTok on with Arsene Wenger he said the, the best players and the best athletes are the one that know when they do something bad are the one that know to criticize themselves and are the one that know to be hard against themselves and to be aware when they're doing something wrong and I think that's important and that's something that not everyone has and some people just like think they they they're the best they're doing everything right and I think those people should like have more more critics critics on them themselves exactly i totally agree with you self improvement self criticism is so important just just uh, letting your ego fade and seeing yourself re, re, um s- objectively and then improve that's where improvement comes Love it. Love it, Suli. Thank you so much for coming. Did you have a good time here today, brother? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice? Very good. Very good? Very good podcast. Very good. Very good And you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, listeners, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.